Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so my intro does not want to play, and what's going okay. to happen is... There it if is. If it's smooth jazz, <laughs> then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz, your place for all things smooth, with the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Like I always say, there's, all, you know, technology is a wonderful thing when it works. Hello, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. It is Sunday, October 21, 2018. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Scroll down to Leonard Dozier's picture. Click on that. That will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. Today, I welcome back my friend, Leonard Dozier, with a brand new release, his fourth release, called Sunday Word. Leonard, welcome back. Friend, really, really good to be back uh, with you. I am so happy to have you back. Um, congratulations on this new release. I know I tease you every time on Facebook and whenever I'm interviewing you <laughs> about the many jobs that you have, but I am yeah. really happy for you and everything that you have accomplished um, in in your life. So, And all of them seem to be like bucket list items of dreams come true for you. Yes, that's very true. That's well said. That really is. Yeah. All right. So um, I would like to start with um, something that happened to you this past week. You lost a friend, a very dear friend. Um, he was your barber and um, he was very, um, he, it seems that he was very instrumental and very um, supportive of your music. So can you tell us a little bit about him? Yes. His name was Sonny Leah. Uh, he was a longtime Atlantic City barber. But not just an Atlantic City barber, Terry. He was an icon. He was a mentor. He was a father figure. I mean, many, you know, called him essentially the unofficial mayor of Atlantic mm-hmm. City. And uh, he, he had been my barber for 15 years. And we became really close friends. And, and you know, he loved, he loved to boast about me really in any respect, anything that I had going on uh, with any of my careers. But um, he would often play my CDs in the shop and you know, people came in and he'd say, you know, that's the guy sitting right there. That's his, that's his, you know, song or that's his CD. And, uh, and so he was, he was really, really, really uh, a positive influence for me. And um, I just saw him. Wow. Uh, the Tuesday, but Tuesday of about t- two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, uh, he passed last Monday um, he was, and I'll tell you this, this is really, really, really a, a, a very a sadly ironic story because the one thing he would always say to me, Terry, in every conversation that we've ever had, mm-hmm. he would always say, those, they got to do something about these drivers. <laughs> and <laughs> seriously, that, that, we never had a conversation where he didn't say that. And I called his shop. Uh, this past Tuesday, which would have been a week from uh, the time I saw him. And I was just going to call him to say I'll see him on Thursday. And uh, his son answered the phone and said he was killed the day before oh. in a car accident. And wow. Dead. 
I, I literally had just come out of a grocery store, Terry, and with my bags in hand, I, I, I was probably pretty close to dropping the bags. That's how paralyzed I was. Mm. Um, it, it really hit me because uh, I had just seen him, you know, the Tuesday before. Yeah. And, uh, to find to find out that he was basically parked on the shoulder of the uh, of the road, and a truck came barreling down and hit him from behind, extricating him. Um, that's what killed him. Oh, I'm so, so sorry, Leonard. My condolences. Oh. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I think I said in my Facebook post that it's it's really ironic that the same week in which I release um, I released a new album that he died same week and um so this this release has a lot of special meaning to me mm-hmm. um you know and and you know he was a jazz fan he was really a jazz fan and i i think this album carry more than the previous three is definitely more jazz tinged um and uh so i think you know that that also hits me sometimes because i felt like he i mean he loved the other stuff too but i think he would have really uh, really enjoyed this album Hmm. Well, again, my condolences to you. Um, it's always hard when you lose somebody close to you like that. Um, and I know that the barbershop is a place where men go and share stories and uh, yes. just, yeah, you know, and just just talk about whatever. So, again, my condolences to you and uh, prayers go out to his family as well. So um, now. You had mentioned to me a while ago um, when we first, when you first told me that a new album was coming out, that you were more comfortably seated in the world of smooth jazz with this release. Now, why yes. is that in, with the previous releases? Well, <laughs> you know, it, it's an interesting merry-go-round because you know the the, the acting side and the voice uh, acting side really dominate. Uh, mm-hmm. Sort of the headlines, if you will, for my career. But uh, music, you know, I go back musically, you know, about 20 years, and and I, I think about Terry, my first record deal, and um, I, I, and I was probably 19 years old or so, and I and I really then wanted to kind of go more uh, smooth jazz R&B, and and uh, of course, uh, you know, with with commerciality and commercialism at play. Uh, the label heads are like no 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 and and um, and and that that really seemed to be a pattern, even as I went on and did some work with an independent label and and then finally you know doing some stuff on my own, you end up somehow getting away from where your uh, comfort zone is because you 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 think in terms of being commercial, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm at this place I think now I mean I'll be 40 in February and. You know, at at you know at that age, you're not thinking about anything that is um, antithetical to you being you. You know, um, so you know I've I've reached this place in life where no, nope, I know exactly who I am, and uh, and I and I did before. You know what I mean? But but you know, the great thing about producing it under my own production company is that I'm my own creative uh, uh, engine, if you will. So there's mm-hmm. nobody to veto. <laughs> so, um, and uh, and so I'm I'm comfortably seated. And smooth jazz is is um, for me. It, it's it's you know, I've always been a, a fan of the music. And so I, I finally said to myself, I really want to create an album that uh, allows me to just sing and write and produce what I truly love. And I love R and B and soul and all of that's in the album. But I wanted to have some smooth jazz um, really serving as the foundation. Now, when we think of smooth jazz, we think of mostly instrumental. 
uh, music. Yeah. Um, but you being a singer and singing on this uh, Sunday Word release, um, how would you, how would you describe that as smooth jazz? Yeah, that's a great point because and and because I had this conversation with uh, uh, Michael Tazi, who's uh, who's been inspirational and been a part of my team, and he's you know iconic in the world of smooth jazz, and and so we talked about how uh, ultimately yes, you know, uh, uh, smooth jazz. There there really is no such thing as smooth jazz singing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, because really what's happening is the R and B singers are kind of coming over, you know, and the the soul singers are coming over, and to some degree the pop singers are coming over, and it's smooth yeah. jazz is really instrumental music, but but you know I think about a song like I Forgive You, and I think about Living You on the album, and if you if you just took my vocals away from those songs, they could exist as smooth jazz pieces. Um, and that's really the kind of um, uh, backdrop that I wanted to bring to the album, so that if my voice weren't at play, smooth jazz uh, aficionados would still would still hear, you know, that element of smooth jazz uh, at the bottom of it. Got it. And uh, okay. you know, and I you know, and and I think to add to that too, Terry, I think that um, the one thing that I I felt on this album is that I had to do less vocally. Because I think mm-hmm. that smooth, and when I think of jazz singing, I, in fact, I brought a lot of jazz uh, singing theory to this album, where it's about tones and colors, and um, you know, it's 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 less is more. It's not about a lot of riffing all over the place, and you know, that kind of stuff. And so, which is more R and B soul. And so, I, I really brought more of a jazz vocalist mindset also to the album. And so, I okay. think that that's a healthy, you know what I mean. I think that's a healthy mix. Yes, yes, okay. So how personal is Sunday Word to you? Very, um, very, 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 because, you know, I was listening to it this morning, and I said, <laughs> you know, laugh at this, because I said, man, this is really mellow. <laughs> As I listened to it this morning, and I listened to it from, you know, start to finish, and I said, man, this is really mellow. But that really describes the state, Um that, that describes my state right now. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you something. I, I, I re- you know, in doing this album, I said, you know what? I want to create something that I feel people need. Um, there's a lot of music out there. Uh, as you just pointed, uh, pointed out, Terry, I've got a thousand jobs. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so creating a new album is not something to just do to be doing, you know, and I'm like, you know, there's a lot of music, there are a lot of artists out there. Um, the only way I'm going to do another one is if I really can create something that I feel like people need. And mm. Sunday Word is, is personal to me because I, I, I look at the times we live in, I look mm-hmm. at all that we're going through on a daily basis, um, and I say, you know what, people could use um, uh, um, musical medicine, essentially, you know, musical medicine on a Sunday. And, and this is for people that go to church, people that don't go to church. I mean, the title would lead you to think that it's a gospel album, um, you know, but uh, yes. it's not, obviously. And, but it, 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 for me, it was the idea of, of creating this very personal space for people to have musical medicine for their work weeks, um, for their, their daily grind, that they could listen to and uh, take something away each time, um, and that, that starts off, obviously, with a tune like I Forgive You, you know, which, um, you know, is to me, it's like catharsis, you know, it's therapy. So 
that that's it's very personal i think from uh from start to finish this entire album okay so now i saw on facebook where you said um it took you 18 months to to write the music and get the cd produced and everything so when you were sitting down thinking about what you wanted to say um in terms of your songs and the lyrics did it take you long to write each song Yes, because I got a thousand jobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I when I sit down to write a song, it's usually not very long. I usually can craft a song within a few hours, um, mm-hmm. and I have my process of revising and revising. But that's usually just a few hour process. Um, you know, some songwriters, when they're working on an album, they, they like to write every day. Or for me, I knew that um, I, I, you know, I wasn't under any, um, you know, time constraints, so to speak. So for me, it was just a process of letting the ideas come. And sometimes they would come, uh, Terry, twice in one week. And then I'd have mm-hmm. two, three months off from not really um, focusing on the album. Mm-hmm. And uh then that third month would come and then another two songs would come. And uh, yeah, I think about Summer Breeze, which is the classic Seals and Crofts, uh, Crofts tune. And I actually just happened to be stopping off to get something to eat um, at, a, at an eatery this summer and heard the song over the airwaves. And I said, you know what? I got an interpretation for that. And that's, that would totally fit the motif of the album. Um, mm. And so that's how Summer Breeze came along, you know? Um, and so that that's really kind of the process, uh, you know, throughout these 18 months. Okay. Well, since you mentioned Summer Breeze, I will start with that song. I am talking to multi-talented singer, actor, voiceover actor, teacher, coach, Leonard Dozier. His brand new release is called Sunday Word. If you'd like to call in with a question or a comment for Leonard, the phone number is 646-716. Five four eight five. This is Summer Breeze.
Summer Breeze from Leonard Dozier's new release, A Sunday Word. So, Leonard, you wrote and produced A Sunday Word. Who else is working with you on this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting also, Terry, on this album, I probably had the most producers <laughs> on the album. Ah. And I think, yeah, and I think that was uh, a really savvy move because, you know, I really wanted the um, the album to have a really different flavor. In fact, that is one of the things that, that stood out to me um, this morning as I listened is how I really don't sound the same on, on any song. Um, mm. And uh, that has a lot to do with the producers, Danny Fordham, um, out of out of Harrisburg, my longtime, longtime songwriting partner uh, and producer, Michael Downing, um, uh, Chris Spencer in Seattle, um, Derek Houston also in Pennsylvania, um, a guy named Jamie Myerson in Kansas City. Um, he's behind Fly and uh, and uh, Without You. So it, it, it this really had the most producers and engineers involved of any other project that I've done. Okay. Now, you mentioned that the album, on your Facebook page, that the album was recorded and mixed in several cities, including Seattle, Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and New York City. Did you travel to all these cities? Yeah. Well, you know, in the midst of those those 1,000 jobs <laughs> that I have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what I would do, Terry, is, you know, when I was visiting Seattle for, you know, or, or New York City for, for voiceover or acting stuff or coaching stuff or uh, what have you, I, I would certainly find time uh, to to utilize those cities for the production mm-hmm. process. And then, of course, a lot of uh, a lot of the songs, you know, fortunately for me, having uh, a really nice home studio allowed me to actually settle down and record a good amount of stuff at home. But mm-hmm. to have those songs mixed by different engineers in those respective cities um, really made a big difference. Mm, okay. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm just amazed at everything that you that you do, that you accomplish. That I, you're just like <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I can't, I know I sound like a broken record, but I just don't know how you do it all. <laughs> it's insane, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, so um, I'm going to let you pick the next song that I play. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's. I think um, I forgive you. Is it's it's funny because on my Facebook post this morning, as I was kind of celebrating the release of the album, you know, mm-hmm. I also kind of challenged my listeners in the spirit of what I want the album to do. And we've had this marketing slogan for the album that um, uh, we aim to make your days and lives better. Um, mm-hmm. And I forgive you is the opening song of the album, and I it, it's you know Terry, this song I'll tell you a, a really neat story. Um, about this song and recording it, um, I was fully in tears and very emotional recording it um, oh. to the point where you could actually hear me if we kept that original take. I mean, it was uh, tears and crying and sniffles and blah, you know. And so uh, Danny Fordham, who produced that song, he said, listen, he said, man, I'm, he just kept saying, wow, I've never heard anybody do that on a, on a song. <laughs> Um, and, and he said, but, and you're hitting the notes and, and all that stuff. He said, but he said, what I'd like to do is really uh, honor the song because it is a, it is, it is a remake of a classic by Rochelle Farrell. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and what he wanted to do is really retain the melody and really let that come through, but kind of retain the emotion. So uh, Danny's uh, idea was, was really critical to that song coming through, but 
I'm actually glad I did record it with all those tears and sniffles because it allowed me to retain that emotion when I mm-hmm. when I really needed to give the right take. Mm, okay, this is I Forgive You.
Give you from Leonard's new release, A Sunday Word. So, Leonard, when you were writing the songs for Sunday Word and thinking about performing those songs live, how much focus did you put on your intended audience? You know what? A lot more. And I think that's a great question, Terry. I think specifically more so with this album because I, when I think about my previous sets, um, they were really, I think, uh, more of a mixture of different genres than this album. This album is, re- I mean, you've got R&B and soul, but there's a lot of smooth jazz underneath almost every song. And mm-hmm. that, for me, was intended because I really wanted to appeal to kind of, you know, my my base. I mean, I started thinking about my uh, the people who follow me um, uh, in my acting career. Uh, my voiceover career, my music career, and really started to look demographically, Terry, at who those yeah. people were. And when I when I did that, I said, you know what, these are these are grown folks. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I and and for me, it was really, um, it was really, I think, in a lot of ways, it was um, it was refreshing because it allowed me to be me. And something happened too, Terry, on this album that had not happened on the previous three. And I'll tell you what that is. It's, it's, I realized that um, uh, Underdog, which is one of the songs on the album, was one of the first songs recorded. And I, in fact, I got a chance to perform that uh, live uh, on a TV show. And, um, and it hit me because, and you know my voiceover work and career, and mm-hmm. it, it's the song in which I really opened it up with voiceover style narration. And um, I remember having a conversation with uh, uh, one of my producers and, and he said, you know, he said, it'd be interesting, Leonard, to see you bring more of the voiceover realm into your musical work. And so mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, well, that's Barry White, um, mm-hmm. in, in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he said, yes. He said, that's it, bingo. He said, because if, you know, not that you're going to be Barry White, you're going to be yourself. He said, but that is a sound that would be new and refreshing and would be totally you. And nobody yeah. would have that signature. Um, mm. And that's what I hear mostly on this album. That's why I'm so proud of this album, Terry, because it really has my signature, I think, much more fully defined. And, okay. um, yeah, and we talked about how using voiceover uh, to, to kind of come into the mix, a la Barry White, a la Gil Scott Heron, um, and, but, but, but also bringing a real singer's touch to it. And so that now I've got really fully branded signature um, musically. Okay. All right. Now, thinking about, this is, Sunday Word is your fourth release. So thinking about all of your releases, how do you avoid using the same words, the same themes, you know, rhythms, patterns? How do you avoid doing that over four CDs? Well, you know something I learned some time ago, and I think it was from, Lenny Kravitz, believe it or not, and he said that he never thought an artist should actually, you know, repeat the same trends in in their forthcoming releases. And he Mm -hmm. felt, you know, that ultimately he could see why many artists did, because you're at some point you basically have a following and a fan base and, and, 
you know, McDonald's makes burgers and Big Macs for, you know, the people that like Big Macs. And so you kind of stay true to that. But but what he was saying, I, I thought, made a lot of sense, which is you should be trying to reinvent yourself, but stay true to yourself um, yeah. along the way. And, and, you know, when I think about all four albums, you know, Soul of, uh, of a Pisces was the last album. And that was very different. That was a very pop R&B kind of album. Um, in which, you know, in fact, I probably played a little bit more with my second tenor range um, on that album. Um, so that's a very different um, album altogether. This is really more Sunday Word, that is, is more of a spiritual album. Um, okay. Uh, you know, Vitamin L, which was before Soul of a Pisces, was kind of me like really edgy R&B, um, <laughs> you know, um, and and so all four albums are very, very different. Um, and, and so I think that's how, to answer your question, that's how I, I really get around same themes, same songs, same, uh, trends. And, and I, you know, I, part of the reason I have a thousand jobs is I probably have artistic ADHD. Um, mm. you know, so, you mm. know, one of those things where I think Terry, if it gets to a point where albums are starting to sound the same, I think I'll, I'll be comfortable saying, Hey, been nice been nice doing the music thing and and I'll move on. Mm -hmm. It's funny you mentioned that about the um, artistic ADHD because one day I thought I was thinking about you and everything that you are doing and I thought to myself he must be the type of personality that just cannot be still. You must always have to be busy doing something. (laughs) That's the only explanation I can come up with. But you know what's interesting that, and that's fair, especially artistically. Now, I think just in yeah. terms of like rooting myself in life and settling down, I'm, I'm actually a pretty still person. But artistically, man, it's like, um, mm-hmm. which is why you know, I, I, I never do, for instance, Terry, I never do um, anything that is the same back to back. Meaning, you'll never catch me doing like back to back stage productions back-to-back albums. I almost have to do an album and then go do a stage show and then go do a film, then go do voiceover. Like I, I, I can't do like two theater shows back-to-back. You'd never catch me on Broadway doing two Broadway shows back-to-back. That'll never happen. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> you know, because I, I have to kind of go from one to the next. It kind of, you know, gets my creative juices flowing. Um, right. You know, and, and you know what I mean? Like, you know, even with this album, I mean, it, it probably will be another two years or so before I do another one because, you know, I'll market this and get out there and, and promote this and, and live this up. And um, and then I'm already, you know, thinking about some projects now that are uh, uh, underway, including a new career as a keynote speaker, if you can believe that. So there's job number 1001. Um, <laughs> no, 476,000. <laughs> You're hitting five hundred thousand here. I'm losing count. <laughs> oh goodness, that's funny. All right, um, I'm going to play "Fly" next. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know about this song? <laughs> "Fly" was, you know, "Fly" was the first song recorded um, for the album. Uh, Jamie Myerson and I. J- Jamie's based in Kansas City. It might be the most. Hmm, it might be the most commercial tune on the album. And um, but it's it's a it's a really catchy. It it, it puts me in mind of Hall and Oates a little bit. Um, okay. So you know I I think about like you know early '80s uh, Hall and Oates, but we've we've obviously given it a contemporary sound, and so 
That's Fly. All right. This is Fly from Leonard's new release, Sunday Word. The past ain't the past, till the present can defeat it. So let's go. It's time to beat it. Um, 
and certainly as a narrator, it uh, you know it's pretty impossible. And uh, but I've been with them for two years now. I've narrated both uh, the highlights for one of their banner shows for Super Bowl, the last two Super Bowls actually. And of course, uh, last year was a big de- uh, big deal because I lived right outside of Philadelphia. And the Eagles won the Super Bowl, so there was quite a bit of hysteria uh, about it. And so, um, so I'm now going into almost year three, I believe, um, mm-hmm. narrating for NFL films. And and uh, uh, that, you know, when you when you get to that point in your voiceover career, that's pretty much like the penultimate. Um, and then, you know, recently I just became a, a new movie trailer voice. So the two goals I set out. Um, set out to attain as, as a young man um, I've achieved and that being NFL films and uh, uh, being a movie trailer guy, which is another tough, tough sector because, you know, Terry, it's akin to like being on the Supreme court with, with movie trailers. Somebody has to die ultimately for you to uh, have any mm-hmm. shot of getting in. I mean, it's a small group of guys that monopolize that sector. And so uh Pretty amazing story too behind how I became now a new movie trailer voice. Please share. Well, um, you know, I, I spend a good amount of time. I'm, I'm one of the leading coaches in the country, so I have a, a bunch of students that I also help mentor and market. And um, throughout the week, I'll, I'll pencil in time for myself to just kind of cross some career tracks. And and I had spoken to um, a trailer manager because in the trailer movie trailer. Uh, 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 business or sector of voiceover, you basically have voiceover managers which govern um, how talent find jobs and so forth. And uh, I had had a, a really nice introductory conversation with this manager like eight months ago, and my intuition said, Terry, give this guy a call and just, you know, see what's up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, just kind of touch base. And sure enough, he, he asked for my promo demo, and basically a promo demo is basically – uh, a demo of TV promo spots and trailers and so forth. And so I sent him that and he said, literally, Terry, this is almost unheard of. He sent me a text back saying, you are exactly what I need right now. Um, he said, mm-hmm. he said, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm quoting him, dude, you're exactly what I need right now. I'm looking for an African-American on my roster. Um, and uh, sure enough, he uh, right away got me a script for, Creed 2, the new trailer. Wow. Um, for the two and, and he was, uh, I mean, he was all over it. He said, dude, I'm, I'm taking you on right now. And I don't know if people realize, Terry, how unheard of that scenario I just spelled out is. Um, mm. It is very difficult. Most times if you try to reach out to these trailer managers and any, any of these um, hierarchical people in voiceover work, they're going to get you to their secretary. You're going to leave a message and you're not going to hear anything from anybody, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so to get this guy, what are the chances of that happening? Where uh, I just happened to reach out to him that night within 10, 15 minutes, he gets back to me and says, not only am I interested in taking you on, but I got a trailer for you right now. Um, um, that's perfect for your voice and what the studio, the movie studio is looking for. And um, and so, there we go. Wow! <laughs> congratulations. I mean, awesome. Thank you. I mean, it's it, you know, and I you know that night I shared with my um, my students, and I thanked a lot of my students because I said you know, this is why I help you guys the way I do because I'm, I'm a big believer in karma. Uh, 
that these things that have happened in my career are as much karmic as they are about talent. Um, you know, you know, and I really believe that Terry, I mean, there are lots of people with good voices and that could easily do trailers and, but I, I just, I really attribute it to karma. Okay. Um, right. I really do. And, and I think it was, that's, that was fully at play that night. Wow. That's awesome. Creed too. All right. I'll be looking forward to yeah. hearing that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Definitely. And you're also working on a Luther Vandross documentary. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, well, it's a kind of a double dipper. It's a, it's it's a it's a film about Luther. So, really, the first, if you will, fictionalized film, but obviously based on uh, on his life, and also a documentary. And it's kind of twofold because I um, um, the documentary is fairly new. It's something that my PR rep um, talked to me about because he, one of the things he said to me was he said, you know, you you um, have now formed relationships with a lot of people that were close to Luther. Um, you know, people that have been, that were around him. And so, and he said, you know, you would obviously be the right guy to narrate the documentary. He said, so really you have, um, you're in the best position to put together a documentary. And I hadn't thought about that side of it, Terry. Um, and then I realized, I said, you know what, that probably would have um, more vitality than a fictionalized film because I've been working on the screenplay for the movie for about 13 years now. Oh, um, and yeah. And part of the reason that that has taken so long is because it's 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 been important to me to find the right story to honor Luther to get the blessings of the family. Um, I knew Luther's sister really well as a kid, and as a teenager, um, she and I became friends when I uh, when I went to college, and and so now uh, her daughter, which is Luther's niece, she and I are close, and so I I, I have some family ties. And I, I want to honor them with the right story. So the screenplay has taken some time. But the documentary is something that um, uh, his longtime assistant, uh, Max Zadek, and I talked about uh, unraveling uh, or unveiling uh, for Luther Fest 2, I think, which will, which will probably be in the spring uh, of 2019. I know they had the first annual one last year. Mm-hmm. And um, so the goal, I, I think the documentary will get done sooner than the, the film. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to that as well. So my last question to you is, well, two questions, actually. I'm going to close the show with another song. I'm going to let you pick that song. So what would that be? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we've, we've, we've gotten really smooth. And I think we'll, we'll kind of go up tempo a little bit with uh, uh, probably the real only R&B, R&B, R&B tune on the album, and that's Not of This World. Okay. All right. Um, and my last question is, what do you do to relax? Great question. <laughs> well, typically, Terry, on Sundays, uh, I I don't get out of bed and I watch football. Um, <laughs> okay. <and laughs> so only somebody like you could get me out of bed on a Sunday uh, <laughs> to do. Thank you. To do this. So so uh, um, you know I. Um, for the most part for me, a lot of working out fitness, um, you know, I have my football day, um, but I don't, you know, and that's a fair question. In fact, I was just talking to a friend recently and I was just saying how I, I've got to find, I think one more thing, I'm being very honest, um, that I, I need to find one more thing to, um, to incorporate, to relax. I'm, I'm still missing like one thing, Terry, that, and I don't know mm. what that is, but I feel like I'm missing like one other thing to relax. Um, uh, you know, sometimes I will go up to my home away from home up in the mountains in Montana 
Um, but but I'm still missing uh, something. Is there something else I'm still missing? And okay. I haven't quite figured figure that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Tell me about Not of This World. Yeah. So uh, Not of This World. It, it's like a it's it's like I said it's the real R and B tune on the on the album and uh, it came out of a uh, uh, you know it really came out of a, a conversation with a friend um, in which you know this this sort of um, very blissful relationship happened and the excitement happened and it, it was just this very spiritually romantic relationship and I said you know what that fits the that narrative, because, you know, as an artist, you know, sometimes I, I, I tell my wife too, I'm like, you know, um, not every song is personal. Not every song is, um, sometimes you write songs about other people. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you write songs about uh, other scenarios and, um, but not of this world had that, you know, it just, it was an incredible story that, you know, that really fit the motif of the album. And, and I wanted to have some romantic pieces on the album. And so that led to uh, not of this world. Okay. All right. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yes. Uh, pretty much everywhere. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, my website is leonarddozier.com. So I'm all over the social media planetarium, so to speak. All right. And Sunday Word was released today, so it is available now for purchase. Um, so definitely check that out. Leonard Dozier, thank you again for another interview. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, Terry. As always, it's always, always, always good to connect with you. Ditto, ditto. Thank you so much. Um, my name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz, and I look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again soon from Leonard's new CD, Not of, Not of This World, Sunday Word. This is Not of This World. Thank you again, Leonard. You bet, Terry. Bye. Bye-bye. Yo, watch this. Uh, bring that fire, Dozier. Well, honey. Uh, tell them what real love is all about. It ain't normal. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. If it moves you, sit up. If you're feeling it, step. Uh, I never saw you coming. It gets no better than this. When you got that someone, this takes you to another level. Can't believe this happened to me. Drop it down on them.
stuff you can't apply Drama is what love wishes it could be And yet they call that reality TV nah. It ain't in the pictures we post It's more in the way that shit can get close with yeah. I love me some her Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you love you some her? The fellas, we're getting too old and saying I love me some her When I say these words, I almost Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz. And visit the website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com.